Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. I'm excited this week to have a special guest on the show, a gentleman by the name of Yarek Henley, who is the outfitter for Chain Ranch Outfitters in Kansas and Oklahoma, and they do Rio Grande turkey hunts there. I actually had the pleasure of hunting with them back in 2013, and they run a great operation there, but Yarek and I got to be pretty good friends while we were there hunting together. And I wanted to get him on the show to talk to us about how to book an outfitted turkey hunt. I know a lot of you out there are interested in going to different states to hunt turkeys, whether that's to kill your Grand Slam, your World Slam, or just to look at some different trees. And so booking a hunt with an outfitter can be expensive, but it can also be very enjoyable and rewarding as well. In addition to that, if you book with the wrong outfitter, it can be a very bad experience. And that's what I want to help you avoid today. So Yarek is going to give us some tips on the best way to book an outfitter. But before we get into that, we are 36 days, 10 hours, 21 minutes, and 8 seconds away from opening day of turkey season in Alabama. Youth weekend actually opens a week earlier. So 29 days from youth weekend. I want to very quickly thank you guys for taking time to leave five-star ratings and your reviews on iTunes. I greatly appreciate that. There was a review posted on iTunes this week from me987654332111. I want to thank you, me, for posting your review. And me says, fun to listen to, full of great information. Thank you again for posting that. Something as simple as that does a lot to keep me motivated. I'm easy. So (laughs) get out there and post a review if you don't mind. I greatly appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right on into this show. In this episode, Yarek is going to give us a couple of really good tips about booking the right outfitter and questions that we need to ask an outfitter. He's also going to throw a great tip out there that I never even knew of and had never thought of that's something that I think is a great way to get third-party information on an outfitter. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to let Yarek tell us all about it. Don't forget, at the end of the show, the very end of the show, we have the new segment, Fun with Editing. That will play immediately after you hear the gunshot and the turkey flop. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this week's show, and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. 
Hello and welcome back to the Turkey Hunter podcast. This week I'm excited to have a special guest on the line with me today. This is a good friend of mine that I actually hunted with, I believe it was 2013, in Oklahoma and Kansas. He runs a hunting outfitter operation up there and we actually booked the hunt with him in 2012, hunted with him in 2013, and this guy is a turkey hunting machine. They kill a bunch of turkeys. And this past year, I started doing turkey selfies. And anytime I'd kill a turkey, I would take a selfie with the turkey and send that out to all my buddies. And this gentleman on the line with us was one of the people on that text chain, and he started reciprocating with turkey selfies. And I can tell you that he blew me out of the water. Yeah, you guys were killing two and three and four birds a day. I was getting selfies like crazy. So I want to introduce Yerrick Henley with Chain Ranch Outfitters. Yerrick, how are you today and where are you? I'm great, Andy. I'm, well, I'm in frigid Oklahoma today. It's about 18 degrees. The sun's shining, but as we said earlier, the wind's blowing, so it's a normal day here. Yep, it does blow up there, that is for sure. Well, thanks so, for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and we're going to cover a subject today that I get a lot of questions about, and it's not just listeners of this show that have questions about it, because I'm on this quest to kill a turkey in every state. I end up needing to do what we're going to talk about at least once a year, so I'm hoping you can provide me with a little insight as well, but we're going to talk about how to hire a hunting outfitter. And you do this during hunting season, but you also help with booking the hunts as well. And so you are not only on the booking side of it and the the administrative side of it, but you're also, you actually guide. And so you have a real good insight, I feel like, as to what it is that hunters are looking for and the reservations that hunters have in booking an outfitter. Because if you talk to enough people who hunt and hunt out of state, you're going to find one or two or 20 who have had a bad experience with an outfitter. Sure, sure. And it's just the nature of the beast it's going to happen, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen. And that's one of the things that we want to talk about. So, Yerick, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting, first of all, because you are a turkey hunter, not just a guide Absolutely. and an outfitter. I love turkey hunting, and, and I do love guiding turkey hunters, and you've hunted with me, and you know my passion for it. But at the core, I'm a turkey hunter, and I grew up in southeastern Missouri, was born in the Ozarks, and started turkey hunting big easterns back there with my uncle. And when I was about eight or ten years old, he called a monster eastern into my pocket. I mean, this bird was about three feet from my head, gobbling, spitting, drumming, doing the whole deal. And I got so nervous and so shook up, I couldn't move. And in fact, the turkey ended up walking off. And I'll tell you, you know how they you enter an addiction service you know, recovery program, and they ask you how you got started. That was the day that I had my first hit because it hadn't it hadn't been the same since. And uh, it was it was an, it's a very memorable experience. I still hunt with that uncle today. I get to go back to Missouri occasionally and hunt chase easterns with him, and I just became addicted. I, I love everything about it. I've been an outfitter and a guide for 16 years. I've been blessed to work with an amazing family, the Chain family that owns about 70,000 acres in two states, all owned by that family, and I get to guide and outfit on that for them. And it's been an amazing 16 years, but we guide deer and 
waterfowl hunts, all kinds of hunts, but at the end of the day, I love guiding turkey hunts, and I love it because it's active. I get to be a part of the hunt. I don't put a guy in a stand and walk away and come back and pick him up with his big deer. I get to be right behind you, involved the whole time, and for every turkey that gets killed, it's like I was turkey hunting, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, for us, for my group of guys that I go on the trip with every year who have this same goal of killing a turkey in every state, typically when we book a hunt, we don't want to use a guide. We want a self-guided hunt to where we're hunting private land most of the time, and we do hunt public land as well, but we want to hunt private land, and we want the owner of the ranch or the owner of the outfitting service to say, go hunt here, go hunt there. Here's what the birds are doing at two o'clock in the afternoon. Here's what they're doing at 10 o'clock in the morning and help us learn what the birds are doing. But I'm going to tell you of the few times that I've been out of state and hunted with a guide, I didn't mind hunting with you in the respect that you were doing the calling because you didn't care if I called as well. Right. But in addition to that, You literally do eat, sleep, and breathe turkey hunting. Absolutely. And for me, I get as much enjoyment hunting with one of my buddies, whether I'm calling for them or they're calling for me. It doesn't matter who's shooting. It's just being a part of that hunt. And so, you know, hunting with you was that way, whereas the other guided hunts that I've been on, you could tell it was just a job for the guide. Right. Well, It's a job. I'm going to sit back here and call, and you just do your thing, wait on the turkey. I'll tell you, Andy, and about half of the people that call me to book a hunt say just what you said. You said it just now, and you said it three years ago when you called me the first time, is, look, we just want to be on a place that has lots of turkeys. Point us in the right direction. We're good turkey hunters. We can make it happen. And I don't disrespect that, and I didn't not believe it, nor about you or any of the other people that call me. What I tell them, and we may be a little unique, is that we're a working cattle ranch, and I've got farmers and cowboys going every which way, and things change on our ranch each day. And what I'm there for is to make sure that I put you in the best position to get on the birds. But I tell every one of those guys, look, I don't have to call for you because I don't want to rob you of the experience of doing it yourself. But I also want to put you in the best position to get it done. And I appreciate all the nice things that you've said. But at the end of the day, if we struggle for a couple hours and it happens, right? I mean, every one of us is going to have a chance where we're just not going to be able to get it done for some reason, even though I'm there every day watching those birds, I'm going to struggle. But what I know is if we struggle for a couple hours is that I have, I've already thought about the next 10 steps. Okay. So at, at nine o'clock, we hadn't killed that bird. We're going to get up and we're going to go to the next one. Cause what I want you to do is in your two or three days with me, I want to squeeze as much in as we can possibly get done and make you have the best experience possible. And so I just told a guy yesterday, in fact, he was from down in the southeastern part of the United States, and he said the same thing. We don't like to be guided, just point us in the right direction. I gave him that same speech and said, look, trust me on this. You're going to want us to be there, put you in the right position. When it comes to the calling and the killing, that's your deal. I don't want to rob you of that experience, but I want to be there to make sure that you have the best possible chance to get a turkey. That's why you're coming with me. Yeah. And I'm trying to be careful here on the show because I don't want this episode to sound like a Yerrick Henley Chain Ranch Outfitters Love Fest. But because I do want the the listeners of the show to pull the information from the show that you're going to share with us about hiring an outfitter. But I want the listeners to hear how passionate he is about turkey hunting. And I'm going to tell you that he hunts like I hunt. If you want to hunt every second of daylight and you want to cover 30 miles by foot, you better have your good walking shoes on to keep up with Eric. And if you want to crawl through the brush and creeks and 
have to go diving down in a pond with a reed in your mouth and the other end of the reed in the air so that you can breathe to get across it, you better get your reed and get in the water quick because you're going to be about 10 minutes behind him. The guy is going to hunt hard. And when we booked this hunt with him, we were on a quest for eight turkeys in two states in four days. That's a tall feat to accomplish. And we were hesitant. We're just, we're hesitant anytime we go on this trip. And I'm saying this because this is not an Andy thing when we go on this trip. Yes, I want to kill my bird in Oklahoma and my bird in Kansas when I go on the trip. But if we leave there as a group and one person has not killed a bird in one state, the trip, I'm not going to say was a failure because we're going to have a good time and that's really the name of the game, but it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment. It's going to be a little bit of a letdown. Sure. And again, this is going to sound like a love fest, but we got every bit of what we paid for when we went on our trip with Chain Ranch and more. And I hesitate to say that because you're going to ask me to send you a check. For <laughs> well, I won't do that, but it, it, it's, it's two-way street. So, I mean, the whole purpose of the podcast today was to talk about you know what you can do to make that successful and I'm, so without sounding like a Andy love fest the point of the matter was that you did your due diligence you and I had a lot of conversations about what your expectations were what you we thought were possible I told you pretty clearly what I thought was possible and you're right the stars aligned I mean we didn't know each other from Adam when we started this but you did the right thing by calling early asking the right questions doing all your due diligence but I asked you a lot of questions too because I'll tell you Every single guy that whether they've already called me or they listen to this and they call me is going to hear this and say, that's, I like hunting like that. I want to run and gun. And most of the people that show up in my camp show up with a gun and no run. Right. <laughs> and, and and you saw it. I mean, they want to go hunt 35,000 acres and kill a bunch of birds, but they don't really know what run and gun is. And, and like you said, we'll put some boots on the ground and we'll go chase them. But I look at it from the perspective, I've paid to go on lots of hunts in my life. And I only have two, three, four days like your group had. I want to get the most out of that. I mean, I'm here. Let's go take advantage of it. And your hunt was exceptional because we spent a day and a half chasing Kansas birds, and we're only 50%. We actually came to Oklahoma and had to come back. But I tell you what, unless you were one of those guys that had already killed, if you had a tag in your pocket, you weren't sitting on the couch for four days because we were going to kill those birds one way or the other. Yeah, and that too is something that really stood out and when we were on that trip we started in Kansas and there were four of us in the group the very first morning two of us killed birds and then we hunted for an additional day after that and the other two had opportunities but I think one missed and the other just didn't squeeze the trigger for whatever reason it was I don't know if the bird just wasn't in a good spot he didn't have a clean shot or what but And so we had to get moving, and we left Kansas, went to Oklahoma. The two guys that did not kill in Kansas, we let be the first shooter when we got to Oklahoma. They killed within about two hours of our hunting in Oklahoma, and then Yerick loaded them into the truck, drove them back to Kansas, while the other two of us who had not killed in Oklahoma, hunted in Oklahoma, these two guys went back to Kansas with Yerrick, which was a two-and-a-half-hour drive or so, yeah. hunted the next day in Kansas, killed their birds there, and he drove them back to Oklahoma, where then in turn they drove us to the airport. So yeah. you're, you're not going <laughs> to get this kind of service with other people. But one of the reasons I'm harping on this is it goes to prove the point that you can have this type of a hunt 
by doing your due diligence. And what Yerick said is exactly right. You got to have that line of communication with your outfitter. It's not just one phone call and let me book. It's multiple phone calls. It's phone calls after you book. And you're not just learning about the hunt and making sure that you booked with the right outfitter, but you're also developing a rapport so that when you get there, you feel more comfortable in being open and honest with each other and saying, hey, guide, you're not living up to my expectations. Or the guide say, hey, hunter, you're not living up to what you said you wanted to do. If you want to sit around inside the house and drink a bottle of liquor every night, that's fine. But just understand that when you don't get up to go hunting in the morning, this is not falling back on me, it's falling on you. Yeah. So those phone calls are important. But in saying all of that, Yerick, where should we get started in our search for an outfitted turkey hunt? The first thing I think is to start now. In fact, you should have started about six months ago. My lifestyle as an outfitter and guide, remember, I guide for, for waterfowl and whitetail and other things. So my fall is very busy. But as soon as turkey season's over, end of May in Kansas, June, July, and August, we're not hunting. And we're, we're preparing. We're getting stuff together, doing our normal jobs. But that's a great time to call me and talk about turkey hunting. It's still fresh in my mind. I don't have everything booked out. And that's what you did, Andy. You called me. In fact, I know your MO is that you guys pick what states you're going in to the next year at the conclusion of that hunt. And you start looking. And you called me early. I had plenty of openings because we're a year out, and then we could start developing that rapport. You could then begin checking references, going on the internet, looking at you know some of our articles, and doing all the things we'll talk about in a second. But the number one issue for me is timing, because if you wait until November to call me, I love talking turkey hunting. I mean, you know this. You and I could get on the phone and talk about it all day long. I love sharing experiences, telling you about who hunted with me last year, what our success rate was, how we're going to do it. I can't do that in November and December. I mean, I'm, I got right. hunters in. So yep. you call me then, and I'm a little short. I don't mean to be. I'm just busy. And, yep. and then you wait until about March, and you start calling. I may not be that busy, but a good outfitter, if you call him in March to book a turkey hunt, and he has a lot of openings, may not be a good outfitter after all. This is a limited resource that we deal with, and there's a lot of people that like to go on hunts. If you're calling that late notice, and it doesn't mean that you can't squeeze somebody in. That happens. We get cancellations and other things. But if you call me in March and I say, yeah, I got the first nine weekends open, I mean, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I shouldn't be like that. It should, I should be booked by then. And, and in, right now, I mean, guys are calling me. It's the 9th of January. They're calling me to book turkey hunts. I don't have anything available in Oklahoma, and I probably have four days in Kansas right now. And yeah. I'm going to have to probably make a lot of people unhappy that call for this year because they waited too long. Start early. Start while it's fresh in your mind, fresh in the outfitter's mind, and they have some time to talk about it, and you'll be rewarded. You'll get the best dates. You'll have more time to talk and discover what he's about and what his philosophy is and how he hunts and do more research. You just need to start early. That's my number one suggestion is to start early. Yeah, and we actually did that. We called you when we were on the road back from our hunt in South Carolina, North Carolina, and driving back to Alabama. And, you know, I think when we called you, it was early May, you still, you had turkey hunters. Yep. But it doesn't matter if you call then and the outfitter is busy, he or she is going to tell you, look, 
I've got hunters in camp right now, or I'm actually about to get out of the truck and we're going after a turkey. Can I call you back tonight or can I call you back Sunday? Yep. And use that opportunity. I'm going to tell you, say yes, because if they call you back, that's a pretty good sign. Absolutely. If they you and they don't call you back, that's a pretty good sign. I mean, in any service business, if you call and you're looking for a bid, a contractor, something like that, you leave that message and they don't get back to you. And I'm not talking about within five minutes, but in a relatively short period of time. That's how important his business is to him. I just got an email while we were on the phone today from a gentleman looking for a turkey hunt this spring. Mm -hmm. I emailed him back instantly and told him, unfortunately, I'm booked, but I'd love to have you on my list for next year. Well, I mean, I could have put that off for seven to 10 days or not responded at all, but at least he got a response from me. And when you called me, and I distinctly remember this, I was turkey hunting with another group, but two things came to mind. One, these guys called me in May of 2012 to talk about a hunt in 2013. They must be pretty serious turkey hunters. That piques my interest because you know what I like to hunt with? I like to hunt with kids, number one, because I love watching them kill turkeys. And I love hunting with guys that are as passionate about doing it as I am. And so you call me in May and you say those things and you tell me your story. Hey, buddy, I'll call you back. I want to talk to you in a few days. And we did. And then we had the whole summer to begin you know, preparing for the hunt the very next spring. So you did a great job, but I'm, I'm highly recommending to everybody else is don't wait. You're going to end up taking some, going with somebody that has that much flexibility, that many openings, can't be of the quality you're looking for more than likely. And you probably aren't going to get the best dates anyway. So. Yeah. Can you walk me through the steps that you would take if you were looking to book a hunt with an outfitter, a turkey sure. hunt with an outfitter? Sure. I think, I mean, obviously calling early, that's number one. Yeah. But you got to decide where to start calling. I mean, you had done some research. And so, you know, the Internet today is, is an easy starting point. At least you can begin to get some names and start making some phone calls. But for me personally, the best way to be pointed in the right direction on a hunt is to talk to somebody who's already been there. And I don't mean getting the reference from me. So you asked me, hey, could you give me some references on people that have hunted with you? You bet. But if you go on to an online chat or forum like this one, or you're at your, your uh, local NWTF banquet or wherever that might be, and you go, hey, guys, anybody ever hunted in Oklahoma? And somebody can raise their hand and go, oh, I hunted with this guy, this crazy guy out at the chain ranch. It was awesome. That right there is the greatest testimony that you can begin with. But you got to start asking those questions early. You can't wait until March again to do it. But that's, I would start with that. If I'm going to go on a hunt somewhere, in fact, I'm going elk hunting in September myself in Colorado. Well, the first thing I do is start going through my network asking, has anybody hunted this particular unit? A guy raises his hand, and I go have coffee with him two days later because I want to pick his brain. I want to hear what his experiences were. Now, I take every bit of it with a grain of salt, and I give this caveat because you can go on the Internet today, and you can find as much good and bad about anybody, whether it's you personally or a business or anything else. So you got to you got to look at it in totality. You've got to look at all the resources. You asked me about references when we talked originally. I think you've got to be cautious with that. I know outfitters that give one reference. The guy hunted with them eight years ago, and it happens to be his brother-in-law. Well, yeah. that's not a fair reference. Ask for references that hunted the previous season. And ask for multiple ones so that he can't give you, you know, the one guy that had a good time with him and the other three didn't. So people always ask for references. I'm amazed at how many people actually call. Yeah. Because it's like a, a test. Like, can you give me three names? Well, I could make up three names. If you're not going to call them, why'd you ask for them? Yeah. 
That is one thing that we always do. And I got a laugh one time. I called an outfitter and was chatting with him about going hunting with turkey hunting with him. And I said, well, can you give me three references? And he said, hey, I can give you three references. I'll email them to you tonight. He said, but let me ask you a question. I said, okay. He said, do you think that I'm going to give you three names and telephone numbers of people who did not have a good time with me? (laughs) (laughs) I said, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. And the answer to your question that you just asked me is no, but I'm looking for additional information when I call that reference. Sure. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a guy that had a terrible time. Hopefully nobody did, but I wouldn't do that. But but what you want to do is dig a little deeper. Don't ask, did you have a good time? Ask, how hard did the guide work? What were the accommodations like? Did he hunt all day? I mean, all the things that are important to you, ask him. He may give him a glowing reference and say, oh, the place was awesome. We saw a million turkeys and I killed one on the second day. And then you go, yeah, but how was the food? Oh, my God, we ate this dirty sock sandwich every day. It was terrible. I mean, so, he, yeah, ultimately he might have had a good time, but there may be something in that hunt that's important to you that isn't meeting your expectation, and you won't find that out unless you ask a few questions. That is right. That is exactly right. And there are just a ton of questions to ask those references. And you can ask the references pretty much the same exact questions that you would ask an outfitter. Sure. And it is just that. You know, there are things I want to know. How was your cell service? How was your cell coverage? Yep. You know, and, and that's not important to a lot of people. But for me, because of the nature of the business that I'm in, I need to be able to have that. Yep. Otherwise, I could lose a deal and end up not making the money that I need to pay for the trip that I'm on. Right. So Great point. things like that, you know, if you've got medical issues that sometimes may come up, either with you or with your family, you need to be able to get in touch with somebody. Mm-hmm. And if you're hunting out in the middle of nowhere, that's important stuff you need to know. So, and those are all questions that you can ask somebody who doesn't live there yep. what it's like. So yeah, I typically will ask those references pretty much the same questions that I'm asking an outfitter when I call. You know, the thing about it, if we're all turkey hunters, we love talking about hunts, especially good ones. I love to tell the story about when Andy and I killed this great turkey in 40 mile an hour wind on the pond dam with Chip looking over the hill. I mean, why wouldn't I like to tell that story? It's an awesome story. It guys, is an awesome story. <laughs> guys will share that. <laughs> it is. We'll have to share that one later. But it, I mean, guys like to share that. So if you had a great experience and I call you, hey, how was it hunting with you, Eric? Oh, my God. Let me tell you about this story. This guy works hard. He does this. this. Andy, I appreciate you sharing with me. I'm, I'm going to call two more because I believe you, but I want to hear it from somebody else, too. Yeah, absolutely. What other ways are there that we can check an outfitter's reputation or track record other than just going online and checking and checking references? All right, I'm going to give you a hidden secret, okay? Oh, sweet. I love it. This is the the, uh, tidbit that your listeners are waiting for. Obviously, they're going to go on the Internet, and they're going to look, and they're going to Google me, and they're going to look at any information they can find about me, and hopefully, you know, they see all the good stuff. There's been articles and all the stuff, and they can get all that. But that's not first-person testimony for somebody on the phone. Every one of us as outfitters and guides typically has to go to our local co-op and buy corn, feed, supplies, and other things, and they get to know us. You could, mm-hmm. Right now, you could pick up the phone. If you knew the towns that, that we our ranches are located around, you could pick up the phone and you could call that local co-op and say, hey, do you know Yarrick over at the chain ranch? And they'd say yes. And you could ask them a few questions. Hey, are they a reputable deal? What, are they, what, what, what do you know about them? I'm thinking about going mm-hmm. on a hunt with them. Nobody in the world is doing that because they don't yes. either know or they've never thought of it. But there's a third party that's got no skin in the game, right? If you picked up the phone, and I don't know that they'd tell you this necessarily, but and they say, oh, they're deadbeats and never pay their bill. Well, 
might be an indicator. Again, I don't know that they yeah. tell you that, but to to walk in, a lot of times if you can, if you're in the area, you could go in, but just pick up the phone and call. See what they'll tell you. They know us, and if they don't know us, ask them if they know anybody in town that does know us. Yeah, you might be surprised at the information you could get from some locals. And again, I think you have to temper that. You may catch somebody on the wrong day with a bad attitude, and they may not tell you what you need to know, or may tell you something bad. But you, so you're looking at it in totality. But there's there's an unsolicited third party that may tell you something that you're looking for. Yeah, I think that's genius, and that's something that I've never done. But I will start from now on. I can promise you that because just like you said, you want to make sure that the people you're doing business with are doing business the right way and. They are buying seed. They are buying fertilizer, and that's one of the companies that they do business with. Sure. We all go in there. We have a cup of coffee with them every morning when we're picking up our corn, and it's like the water cooler for farmers and ranchers, right? I mean, that's that's where we go, and there's a lot of talk and discussion that takes place there. And I've been using that in the past, and I think it's a great way to to do a check that that most people would never think of. So good luck with it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, in the past – I've been on hunts where I was the last hunter booked in camp. My guide was dropping me off in one location, and he was going maybe a half mile or a mile down the road, and he was hunting Mm. while I was hunting because, again, typically I like to call. I like to hunt myself and not have a guide call for me. But, you know, I I just didn't feel like that was really right. I, I didn't feel like I was getting all of the attention from the guide that I should have been getting, and that I wanted to hunt with somebody who could point me to what the turkeys were doing at any given time, but didn't have their own interest at heart and say, well, you know, this turkey over on this 40 acres is gobbling his rear end off and I want to go hunting. So I'm going to stick Andy over here in the gar hole. Right, right. So should it matter to me if the guide on my turkey hunt hunts himself or if he doesn't hunt himself? You know, I do want somebody who hunts, who knows turkey hunting, but I don't want somebody out there necessarily competing against me. So I'm going to wait on all that. I think it should absolutely matter. I think First of all, yes, you want somebody that's a turkey hunter. They understand birds. They know what birds do. They know why they do it. Turkey hunting is about 10% calling and decoying, 90% knowing the terrain and what the birds do, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so... I want a guy that guides for me to be a turkey hunter. He didn't have to be a world champion caller. In fact, as you said, a lot of guys like to call on their own, but he's got to be a turkey hunter. He's got to think like a bird. He's got to think like I think, and he's got to know the ranch. Because when those turkeys go over the hill, you got to know what's on the other side of the hill. Where are they going to go when they get there? How do I get in front of them? And so, yes, you want a turkey hunting guide, but you do not want a guide that is turkey hunting, in my opinion. I'll give you an example. Again, I'm I'm like your listeners. I, I'm a consumer of hunts, too. I mean, I've been on guided hunts all across right. the United States, and I went on a bear hunt one time in Canada with my bow, and I got up there, and the guy that the outfitter put me with was drunk about half the time, And which if it had been the dark half of the day, I'd have been all right with it, I guess, but it was the, <laughs> it was the light half of the day, mostly. And he actually, that guy, unbeknownst to me, was hunting after he dropped us off, and he killed the only bear in camp in five days. Now, I paid good money to go on that hunt, and regardless if he put me in the best spot with the best opportunity when I left that hunt, in my mind, I believed that I had been garholed. Yeah. And frankly, I don't let any of my guides hunt while anybody is in camp. If everybody was to be gone and we were done, especially with some of my younger guides that I'm trying to teach, I'll actually take them out and hunt with them 
because it's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. But it would bother me, it would concern me, and it would be something that I would not be bashful about saying to my outfitter or if he's not there, even the guide. Look, I'm not real comfortable with that because if you choose to go there and you kill a bird, or even if you don't kill a bird, why didn't I go there? How did you decide that I was going here and you were going there? Because human nature would be to put yourself in the best spot. Right. So I, it would concern me, and I would I would weigh it heavily, and it would be one of my top three things that I would not be bashful about saying to the outfitter, I'm not comfortable with this. And I would not be bashful about asking him when I booked, do your guides hunt while I'm in camp? Or for that matter, even on our ranch, is there other family members that hunt? Who all is hunting? Is it just you guys? I mean, find out those questions. We're a working cattle ranch. We have 18 employees on our ranch that are constantly out and about. And occasionally, we'll take one of them out on a hunt that wants to as a small reward. But the last thing you want to do is be sitting in a blind with me and some guy come traipsing through with camouflage on and he tells you that he's the, you know, the ranch manager. So right. did he pay for that hunt? No, you did. Um, yeah, or worse, the ranch owner. <laughs> the ranch owner, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what are you going to tell that man? Yeah, that's a harder <laughs> conversation. So, I paid to be here, and he <laughs> says, "Hey, I own it. Yeah. Get off of it. Yeah. <laughs> Go home." Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks for tuning in to part one of episode twenty-three: booking an outfitted turkey hunt with Yarrick Henley. Be sure to tune in to part two of episode 23 next week where Yarek is going to tell us how much we should tip the guide or the outfitter that we're hunting with as well as tipping the cook or not tipping the cook. He's also going to give us two or three hints for getting the best results from our trip and he's going to tell us the best time to approach our guide and the outfitter and the best way to approach the guide and outfitter if we're having issues while we are on our hunt. So that's it for this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Don't forget to tune in to Fun With Editing, which will start playing right at the end of this episode. I look forward to seeing you next week. I hope you have a great week. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you spending your time with us. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on Hunting Afternoon Birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week. Welcome back to Fun With Editing. This is a new segment of the show where I take certain parts of the interview and have some fun with my audio editing software that I use. This is a very short clip that I'm doing at the end of each episode each week. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do putting it together. 
And now since you listened to the show in its entirety, you already know that no animals were harmed in the making of this show and that the thoughts and opinions expressed in Fun With Editing are not necessarily the thoughts and opinions of the Turkey Hunter podcast or its guests and affiliates. All clips played in this part of the show are fake. You never heard this here. Enjoy. That was the day that I had my first hit. That's a pretty good sign. I'm a little short, but at the core, I'm a turkey hunter. Why wouldn't I like to tell that story? Hey, I own it. I get a lot of questions about frigid Oklahoma turkey selfies, dirty sock sandwiches, love fest, and pond dam. I believe you, but I want to hear it from somebody else, too. I mean, you know this. Hey, go home. Sure, sure. He blew me out of the water. Nobody in the world is doing that. I can promise you that. It's a normal day here. I paid to be here. Hey, buddy, I'll call you back.